Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. And if you notice, I am sporting my jeans jacket today. Heard tell of a story from Pastor Richie, how he put his jeans jacket on. and Pastor Pam's like, wow, you look good. You know, one thing leads to another, and I'm like, I'm going to get a jeans jacket. And how you doing, Becky? <laughs> hey, I'm one that believes if you find a good plan, even if it's somebody else's, you get on that plan. Hey, we, <laughs> we want to take just a moment to welcome our online audience. Thank you so much for joining us uh, via Facebook Live. I want to encourage you to just share the message right now. You never know how God will use you uh, to bring the love and hope of Jesus into somebody that's looking for him today. And thank you for showing up in the house. Man, it's such a privilege and a joy uh, to be here with you guys today. Uh, And I want to take just a moment to honor our uh, senior pastors. Uh, Pastor Richie has been pastoring for 35 years. And one of the things that we know is that it used to be back in the day, pastors would hit a wall about year 30, and a lot of them would get out of ministry. Today, the, the statistic is 10 years in, pastors are just jettisoning out of the ministry. And it's so cool because we just spent some time at an off-site meeting where Pastor Richie and Pastor Pam was speaking to us as a staff, and it's, I'm so blessed to be a part of a church whose senior pastor today has even more vision than when he started 35 years ago. So come on, let's honor our senior pastors today. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing us to serve together. Man, we sure love you guys. You do a great, great job. Well, let's, uh, you guys ready to make some declarations today? Or you guys just want to skip them? Oh, come on, let's stand up. Let's make some declarations today. Come on, say this like you mean it. God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth, and God's word is alive and active in me. Stop. Now something happens. Because of Jesus, there's some things that have taken place in our life, and I want you to say this, knowing that God has changed some stuff in you, and he's set you up for success. Come on, somebody. And now, because of what Christ has done. What? Yeah. Come on, somebody. That's good news. Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. Well, I love it that we've been in this series called Planted. And one of the things that we've been learning is that, uh, you know, I grew up seeing these bonsai trees. And so they're really cool and cute. What I didn't realize is that the seed, which is a, a good producing seed, was limited by its environment. And so we, we look at this tree, and then Pastor Richie's had us take a look at what this tree was designed to be, but because of its environment, it's been limited. And I love that because so many times, because of our past mistakes or because of an experience that we've gone through or because wrong thinking or because of something, we feel like this is all that we were created to be. When God has really destined us and designed us to be a massive tree. Now, I can just tell you, I could take this bad boy out in the sun, and it's not even going to shade half my head, right? But this thing fully grown will shade several people. In fact, it will fulfill its purpose for being created. And I believe that God, (coughs) excuse me, I believe that God sent me here today to tell you that you're not designed to be a bonsai Christian, that he wants you to develop all of the potential that he has put inside of you. 
Well, today uh, we're going to talk about surrounding ourselves with the right they. The right, do you know you can have the wrong they in your life? You can surround yourself, thank you. So you can surround yourself. <laughs> Welcome to the family. You're like, what did I join, up? What did I join today? Um, you know, you can surround yourself with the wrong they. The wrong they are people that will come into your life, and when you start to step out by faith, they'll give you 100 reasons why you can't do that. And, and, and they try to put you in an environment that will limit your growth. And so there is a right day. And one of the things that, that I want you to understand today, the underlying thought today is this. The right day can get you where you need to be even when you can't get there yourself. That's the right day. Well, I want to talk to you today about being stuck. In fact, a couple of years ago, our daughter Faith was going to fly to see some of our friends, the Cranks, in uh, Florida. So David and his family shows up to pick her up in this uh, Cadillac SUV and this Escalade. It's really cool. He always takes, he dresses sharp. His vehicles are always sharp. So they, they go to pick her up at the airport. Well, they get all of Faith's stuff loaded and they start to exit the airport, but there's a traffic jam. Like all the traffic is stopped. And so Pastor David starts looking around and going, hey, there's a little ditch here and there's a road down there. So I'm just going to go to that road and bypass all the traffic. So he takes his Escalade and he hops the curb and he starts heading down this field and didn't realize that there was a ton of water in the ditch. So when he got down to where the bottom was, his, his SUV stopped because it was stuck. So Pastor David thought, you know, I'm going to get out. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to figure out what's going on. So he opens his door and steps out into the muck and the fire. And so he gets around, he looks around to the back. They're trying to push it off. And I think they finally had to call somebody to come tow them out of where they were because they were in a place that was stuck and they couldn't get out of that by themselves. Friends, you know that sometimes in our lives, we get to a place where we get stuck. And it doesn't matter, it seems like how much we pray, it doesn't seem to matter how much we do the right thing, we can't seem to move beyond where we are. Well, today I want to give you a couple of principles that will help you to get past the place of if you ever get to the place where you feel stuck. And so we're going to be talking about that today, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Are you guys glad to be joining us online? And you hear all those amens? That's fantastic. That's awesome. Hey, if you've got your Bible today, I want you to uh, open it up to Luke chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 17. And I'm reading today out of the New Living Translation. This is what the Word of God says. One day, it doesn't say it's a supernatural day. It doesn't say they've been fasting and praying for a long time. It just says one day. You ever have those one days? They just don't seem that special. It's just one day that shows up. Well, that's the kind of day that it was. One day while Jesus was teaching, some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea as well as from Jerusalem. And all that means is there's a lot of people there. There were so many people gathered there that it was packed. I mean, there was no place to sit. There was no place to stand. People would have been outside the doors looking in. There was just a ton of people everywhere. And I love the next statement which says this, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Church, you hear what the Word of God is saying? And the, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. You know what the Bible says? That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So that same strong healing power that was with Jesus that day is the same strong healing power that can take you through the situation that you're currently walking through to the other side. Verse 18 says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat and they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man down on his mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now there's this guy who's paralyzed and the scriptures seem to indicate that he was paralyzed for a length of time. Here's the problem. There was a miracle worker in town He just couldn't get to him. He was paralyzed. He couldn't get beyond where he was. And he had one thing working for him that is a fantastic thing to have in our life. He had the right day around it because his friends, when they saw he couldn't get past where he was, picked him up and carried him into the presence of Jesus. Now, when they got there, they couldn't get to Jesus because there were so many people. And so these idiots went up on the roof. And you're going... Mark, how can you call somebody in the roof idiots? Well, I'm just telling you, if somebody shows up at my house and they start knocking a hole through my roof, I'm going to be going, hey, idiots, stop it. They were willing to do what no one else was willing to do because they so desperately wanted to get their friend in the presence of Jesus. Verse 20 says this. It's talking about Jesus seeing their faith. Whose faith? The friends. Those idiots that just knocked a hole in the ceiling. They were now lowering their friend right in the presence of Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus seeing their faith, Jesus said to the, young, uh, to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees, teachers of the religious law, said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is this easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say stand up and walk? Now let me ask you, in your own power, which of those is easier? For you to forgive somebody's sins or for you to heal somebody? They're equally impossible. Unless you're Jesus. And so verse 24 says this, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. You know what struck me as I was reading through that? Nobody had to teach him how to walk. Jesus said he hadn't walked. And Jesus said, pick up your mat and go. Okay. He picked up his mat, and he started walking as if he had never missed a day of walking in his life. Verse 26, and everyone was gripped with wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. So, Lord God, we just come to you today, and, Father, the one thing that we ask is that we see amazing things today. God, no matter what circumstances we face, no matter what we're up against, no matter uh, the way that we think, no matter our family history, God, none of that. We just ask today, let none of that be limiting. Let it not be a small potted plant that tries to keep us from all that you've placed inside of us. Let us see amazing things today in Jesus' name. Well, today I just want to talk to you about two quick points, and I want you to write these down because these are going to encourage you in the days ahead. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first thing that I want you to see today is this, that friends don't care about religion. They just want to get their friends free. Friends don't care about religion. They just want their friend free. 
You see, this, uh, the friend that these guys were carrying, verse, uh, Luke 5.18 says this, some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, and they tried to take him inside to Jesus. You see, uh, the man was paralyzed. The word paralyzed literally means a person that is partially or wholly incapable of movement. Now, there are some that are physically paralyzed that are partially or wholly incapable of movement, but I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people today that are paralyzed on the inside because there's been a circumstance, there's been something somebody has said, there's been uh, an instance that's happened that has limited where people are. And I want to tell you today, if you're in a season or if you know somebody that's in a season that feels paralyzed, there is hope for you. There's hope for your friend. Because what tries to happen uh, is that when there's some kind of paralysis in our life, when there's some kind of limiting thing, when it feels like we can't get beyond where we are, the next thing that tries to set in is hopelessness. And hopelessness is having no expectation of good or success. Hopelessness means this. It doesn't matter what my circumstance is. Now, I'm never going to get beyond this. You see, these guys, these four guys, they had a friend that was stuck. He was not able to move. There was a miracle worker that could change everything in his life. He just simply couldn't get to Jesus. And so his faithful friends picked him up and carried him into the presence of Jesus. There was a miracle worker, but the man had no hope because he couldn't get there. He was stuck. He was hopeless. Have you ever felt like you have hit a wall in your life and there was no hope for you getting beyond that? Now, when I was in high school, there was a guy that came to my church. His name was Yo-Yo Collins. Seriously, that was his first name, Yo-Yo. And I'm thinking, um, what mom at the hospital is going to go through birth and look at their son and go, your name is (laughs) Yo-Yo. In fact, it's such a crazy name that I actually Googled. You know you can find out what your name means. You can Google that. And so Mark means uh, mighty warrior. I looked up Yo-Yo. There is no definition for (laughs) Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo. So anyway, uh, Yo-Yo, uh, when he was in college, was a pitcher, played baseball, was very good at that, had plans either to go into the major leagues or to uh, coach baseball. And when he graduated college, him and his friends went to the Illinois River in Oklahoma. It's in the northeast side by Tahlequah, Oklahoma. It's where if you're in Oklahoma and you want to float the river, that's where you go. They rent canoes. You can, you can take a half-day trip. You can take a full-day trip. You can take two days. Um, and then you, what you do is you just kind of pull your canoe over, camp on the banks. They'll bring you food if you want. And then you can just finish your trip whenever you want to. So anyway, him and his friends were going to go do that. And when they got there, they were at a part on the Illinois River where there was a bridge that goes right across the water. And Becky and I have floated that river many times. In fact, we've swam in that whole area. And so Yo-Yo decided that he was going to go up on the bridge and jump into the water like a lot of other people have done. And so he walked out in the water first, found out that it was a little bit shallow. Um, and so he knew how to, he knew it needed to be a shallow dive, so he's just going to hit the water kind of at an angle and, and, and everything would be okay. Well, something went wrong when he dove. He went too deep. And when he hit the bottom, it just snapped his vertebrae. And so immediately, um, he tried to swim to the top, but nothing was moving. He was paralyzed instantly. His friends jumped in, and they, um, they carried him to the shore. They got the EMTs there, and they took him to the hospital. And because he had broken his vertebrae, he was stuck in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. 
And the crazy thing about Yo-Yo is I met him. He had this uh, electronic wheelchair, so he'd move it. He could move his arm, I mean, his hand a little bit, so he just kind of navigated around church. And so he came in to the church that, that we were attending at the time, and he was going to do a concert. The crazy thing about Yo-Yo is that he had committed his life to Jesus when he was six years old, but as a teenager decided that for whatever reason that, that he didn't really have a need for God anymore in his life, so he walked away from the church and was really focusing on his career. And when he found himself in the circumstances that he was in, through a series of, of, of circumstances and relationships, he recommitted his life to Jesus. And funny enough, the, the wheelchair that kept him bound physically in this life is really the instrument that God used to set him free spiritually. And then he went on, now he does about 200, 250 concerts a year. He goes in and tells his story. He goes to public uh, schools. He goes to college campuses. He goes to church services. And he tells his story and he sings and he gives, he, he just glorifies the Lord with what, uh, with the, the circumstances he's in. And sometimes we begin to believe that because of his circumstances, because he is a, um, a quadriplegic, because he is paralyzed, that there's no hope and no future for him. And what I've learned through Yo-Yo is that despite his circumstances, he has found the purpose of God in his life. And many lives have been won to the kingdom. And so what we typically do is when we get into a season in our life that, that there are some kind of circumstances that are limiting, that are binding us, that are holding us back, we typically begin to focus on the circumstance instead of on the purpose that God has for us. And, you know, I just want to ask you today, church, what is holding you back? What is it that you're focusing on possibly that's keeping you from discovering the purpose that God has for you? You know, sometimes, sometimes it's a job. Sometimes you're going along just fine and then all of a sudden on your job, maybe somebody says something, maybe they accuse you of something, maybe you get fired, I don't know what it is. Maybe you, you had prayed for that job and you get in the middle of that and you're going, is this it? And so you begin to focus on the job. Maybe it's friends. Maybe you spend a lot of time focusing on your friends and maybe you got that one friend, you know, the, the one that always is dogging you. And so every time you start to do something good or cool, their, the vo their voice rings in your head over and over again. And maybe you're so focused on what a friend has said, you've kind of gotten stunted in your growth. Maybe it's fear. Maybe you stepped out and tried to do something in the past and it didn't work out the way that you thought and so you just kind of find yourself in a place, well, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to step out again. Maybe you, maybe you just found yourself in the midst of a horrible divorce and in your heart you really want to be married but you're afraid to take the step to discover anybody because of fear of what's happened in the past. You think it's going to repeat itself. Maybe fear is holding you back. Could be family. Could be finances. Could be your past, maybe a decision that you've made in the past, and because you've done that stupid thing, you think God is never going to use me, and all I'm ever going to be is just a bonsai Christian, and I'll never be the person that God created me to be because of something that I've done in the past. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're joining us online, and you say, maybe it's because somebody else's stupid mistake that's affected you, and you'll say, and you're saying today, because of my past, because of what I've walked through, I'll never be the person that God designed me to be. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's your health. Maybe there could be a, a thousand things. Friends, I want to ask you today, is there something that's come up in your life or maybe you know somebody that because of a circumstance in their life, they feel paralyzed. They can't get beyond where they are. Maybe you today can't get beyond where you are. 
friend, can I tell you, if you rely on you, you may never pass, get past that point. But I want to tell you, there are some things that God has set up in our lives to help us get unstuck. There's no feeling that's worse than feel like we're going to be stuck in this place the entire time. Have you ever been that way? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever gone to that situation and gone, I'm never going to get beyond this? Maybe you're there today. And if that's you, I want you to know God has a word for you. It's found in Romans 5 and it says this, and this hope, you know that your hope has a name and his name is Jesus? Your hope is not your ability to get beyond your own circumstances. Your hope is in the Son of God. And this hope, will not lead to disappointment. Have you ever hoped for something and then found disappointment? Oh, man, I got to tell you a story. Hey, Ella, can you come on up? <clears throat> I was a kindergartner in Eden, Oklahoma, the western side of Oklahoma, and I was one of those kids that I really loved Christmas. In fact, I was one of those kids that would see a Christmas present, and I would see if my name is on it, and then I'd pick it up to see how heavy it was. Because I knew that in the biggest, the heaviest present is the coolest gifts. And I would find the biggest ones and I'd set my eyes on that. And I would just kind of over, I'd feel the small ones. You know, that feels like a pair of socks. Thanks, mom and dad, for that. You know, I'd go past all these small ones because I wanted to get what was inside of the big gift. So the blessed appointed morning came. Christmas. I'm a kindergartner. I get up. I'm running in there to open the gifts. I don't go with the waste of time small gifts. I go to Big Daddy because I want to know what's inside Big Daddy. So I unwrap the present and I look inside and there were books inside that big gift. And these weren't even new books. They were books that I'd seen in my parents' house. I'm like, what? That is jacked up. And I looked in there and the more I looked, there were just more books that weren't even new books. This is not a good gift. And so I'm emptying out these books and I'm looking around and then I looked back in there and I noticed something in the very bottom of that gift. And I pull it out and it's a key. I'm a kindergartner. What do I need with a key? Obviously, this gift's a bust, so I just toss the key to the side. And I go on about my business, opening other gifts, and I noticed my older brother, Jeff, he has a gift that looks just like mine. And he got to the point that he was opening his gift, and he looked down on the side of the gift that looked like mine, and he found this key, the same key. He had one, and I had one. And my brother, Jeff, has thought a little quicker than I did. And this is what he said. If there's a key, there is something that this key goes to. So he picked up his key, and he walked through our little kitchen, into our one-car garage, and he found a blue and white Suzuki 50 that that key fit in, and he turned it, and he cranked it, and then he started riding. And this is what I learned that day. My parents had an incredible blessing for me on the other side of the wall, something that I never saw, 
and gave me a key to be able to access that. And I didn't understand it because I couldn't see over there. I thought it was a worthless gift. But what I discovered was my parents had great joy for me that if I would take the key and find the gift behind the wall, it would take me to places that I've never been. Thank you, Ella. Thank you so much, sweetie. Christmas in Enid, I learned something very valuable as a kindergartner in my kindergarten language that I'm still learning today. Sometimes I try to base my current emotions on my current circumstances, and I forget that my God is a good God, and He's leading me to greater places. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place of hopelessness that we have no expectation of good or success and we feel stuck. Well, friends, I want to remind you today that if your hope is in Jesus, when you begin to confess the promises of Jesus, when you begin to confess the goodness of God, you're going to find that he has already put some keys in your life that's going to unlock some doors that you never thought imaginable. He's going to put you in right relationships with people that's going to open major doors, mega doors, cause you to have favor like you never thought possible. So can I ask you today, Stop focusing on your circumstances and focus on the one that has a great plan for your life. You see, when you access the keys that God has given you, you will find strength to get unstuck. Del Gentry says it this way, one moment in the presence of God, one word from God changes everything. Well, the second thing that I want to encourage you with today is this. Having the right they in your life can get you free when you're stuck. If the paralyzed guy that day didn't have the right they in his life, he would have been paralyzed all of his life. But he had the right they around him that would, when he couldn't get there on his own, his friends picked him up and carried him into the presence of Jesus. The problem is so many times we decide to push away the right they and invite the wrong they in our lives. You see, because the right they will not let obstacles stop them from getting their friend to Jesus. The right they will not let religion keep them from getting their friend to Jesus. The right they will carry others when they're too paralyzed and hopeless to get to Jesus. The right they know the presence of Jesus changes everything. Dale Gentry says one word from God, one moment in his presence can change everything. You see, Luke 5, 20 and 24 says this, seeing their faith, whose faith? the faith of the right day in his life. Friends, you may not be in a circumstance today that has caused you to feel paralyzed, but at some point in your life, you will probably face a circumstance that's too big for you to handle, and you're going to feel like there's nothing that I can do that will get me beyond this circumstance. Friend, it's at that moment you need the right day in your life that can take you, that can carry you, that can pick you up when you don't have the strength to pick yourself up. You see, paralysis and hopelessness bow their power to the authority of Jesus. Sometimes we push away the right, they surround ourselves with the wrong, day, and as a result, paralysis and hopelessness dominates our life. Friends, I want to tell you this. I have a friend that says this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. 
Are you surrounding yourself with the right day? Are you surrounding yourself with faith-filled people that no matter what you walk through are going to speak to your destiny, are going to call you to greater things? Friend, I can just tell you, you don't need to surround yourself with people that are going to give you 150 reasons why you can't step out by faith. You need to surround yourself with friends that say, Our God is able. Sometimes we think we're not qualified to bring our friend to Jesus. But friend, can I remind you, without you, without your faith, They may just stay stuck the rest of their life. Surrounding ourselves. At Amarillo Fellowship, we teach principles that help people live with confident and positive expectation of good. And I love it that we come to church. And that when I leave here, my faith is inspired. Because how many of you grew up in the era that when you went to church, you feel like you got a kick in the seat of pants? Like, like I feel like I'm doing pretty good until I went to church. And then I realized how miserable I really was. I thought I was doing pretty good, but apparently not. I find it just the opposite here. I come to church, even on those weeks that I've made terrible choices, when my performance just hasn't measured up, and I always leave here knowing that I have a God that's going to take me through. You know, I love it. I love that Pastor Richie makes a statement. This church is not about me. It's about connecting people with a God that loves them and has a good plan for their life. In fact, as, as, as they've been praying, seeking God, seeking direction for the church for years and years, I mean, 15 years, come on, somebody. 15 years of doing this. They've set up some keys that if we just won't toss them aside, yeah, whatever. If we'll use the keys to access the principles and the promises that God has for us, I can promise you, you'll go to places that you've never gone to before. See, Pastor Mark, what are, what are those things? Well, first of all, one of them is the growth track. You know, not long ago, we had a, we had a, uh, a lady that, that told our staff, you mean you guys are actually interested in finding out how God wired people and putting them in a place where it makes sense? Like she never, had never done that before. So I want to encourage you, if you've never gone through the growth, the growth track is unbelievable. Because not only will you discover the philosophy of Emerald of Fellowship, you'll discover how God has naturally wired you. You'll discover your personality traits. You'll discover the spiritual gifts and abilities that God has already put inside you. You know, the worst thing that you can do is try to be somebody else. What you need to do is just find out who you are and just activate those gifts and talents and use those. Because I'm telling you this, we have seen it time and time again in the growth track. People find out their personality traits, they find their spiritual gifts, their talents, and then they find purpose in life. We had a lady write that not long ago. For the fir- I've been going to church a long time, and for the first time, I feel like my life has purpose. Because she began to use those gifts, talents, and abilities. And the second key that they've set up for our success is small groups. Small, 
the, the growth track is, is designed to help you discover your gifts, talents, abilities, and your purpose. The small groups are designed to surround you with the right thing. Small groups are designed to have people come along beside you and on those moments that you're paralyzed because of something that you're facing, when you get to that point and you say, I just can't get beyond where I am, those people are going to lift you up and carry you into the presence of Jesus. And you'll get past being stuck. And the third one, as I already mentioned, is our Sunday morning celebration service. Sunday morning celebration is when we come together and we eat together. Somebody's like, I didn't know we're having a meal today. You know, I'm talking spiritually when we get fed together. How many people ate one meal today? How, how many people plan on eating two meals today? How many people plan on eating three meals? Okay, I, I do the same thing. And, and here's the deal. If I start skipping meals, my family goes into prayer and fasting. Because when I start skipping meals, I get hangry. Anybody get hangry in this place? Like, I need some food. You know, the, the statistics say today that the typical person ch comes to church once every six times. Every six Sundays, somebody comes to church. And I was thinking about that today. And I wonder what would happen in our lives if we just started eating only the sixth meal. I think there'd be some issues that would start showing up, right? Well, how do we address those issues? We'll begin to eat again. We'll begin to drink again. Friends, I want to tell you that a lot of stuff that we walk through together, when we're planted in the house of God, those downloads that God gives us will sustain us for that week. When we come together in small groups, when we get to those major things in our life that feel like it's going to take us down, we have people that rise up in faith to carry us through the other side. And when we go through the growth track, we discover exactly how God has wired us. So I'm going to ask right now, every head bowed and every eye closed, all of those keys are designed to help get us and keep us unstuck. So maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Mark, I, I just feel like I'm stuck in some areas. I feel like I'm not moving forward. And maybe today you'd even say, I've tried a lot of stuff and nothing that I do seems to be working. Friend, if that's you, I just want to pray for you today because I want you to know, God wants you to know that where you are right now, where that friend, that family member, that loved one is right now, is not where God destines you or them to be. Maybe you're stuck and you're looking for a way to get unstuck. Well, friend, I want to pray right now over you. So I'm going to ask if that's you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Mark, I feel stuck. Maybe you're online. You say, Pastor Mark, I feel unstuck then, or I feel stuck. If that's you, then all I'm going to do is count to three. And as soon as I count to three, if you feel stuck, I'm going to ask you to zip your hands up. And I'm going to say a quick prayer over you. Because the thing that you need to know today is that God has great destiny inside of you. So if you're here today, you're joining us online, you say, Pastor Mark, pray for me because I feel stuck and I want to get unstuck. If that's you, then right now with no one looking around, when I say three, zip that hand up. One, two, three. Hands are going up all over this place. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up online. God is seeing every hand going up online. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You may put your hands down. I want to pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends. 
Some today feel stuck because of a choice or a decision that they've made. And they don't feel like they're ever worthy enough to get past where they are today. Others today, God, have been affected by a poor choice that somebody else has made. And because of the ramifications of that, God, they feel like they're stuck. They'll never get past it. They'll never get beyond it. They'll never grow into all that you designed them to be because that moment has been wasted. That's what they feel like today. But God, I pray today that they would hear your words that say, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans not to harm you, but to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. So God, right now, I pray, God, I begin to silence the lies of the devil that would say they are just designed for what they're doing right now. And God, I begin to release in them all of the plans, all of the hopes, all of the vision, all of the desire that you have. In Jesus' name. Every head still bowed. We never like to close our service without giving people an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. So maybe you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Mark, I've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Or maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Mark, I remember praying that prayer years ago. But life has happened. Something has come up that's, that's, I just feel so disconnected from God. If either one of those are you, it's going to be my privilege to pray for you in just a moment. If you're joining online, the same thing. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Mark, I want you to pray for me because I want to commit my life to Jesus. Or maybe you'd say, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. Then as soon as I say three, I want you to lift your hand as quickly as you can and keep it up until I can see you. And then we're going to pray together in a moment the prayer that will change your life forever. You ready? Don't leave this moment the same. This is an opportunity for you to step into all that God has for you. So if you're here, you're ready to commit your life to Jesus or you want to recommit your life to Jesus, as soon as I say three, lift that hand up. One, two, three. Three hands are going up all over this place. God bless you. 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 Just a few more moments. God bless you. See that hand right there, the one in the back. God bless you. Would there be anyone else? Just a few more moments. Just a few more moments. God bless you. You may put your hands down. We're going to pray together with the 14 that lifted their hand, 15 that lifted their hand today. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this and mean it with all of your heart. If you're here today, I want us all to pray out loud in support of those that lifted a hand. It's a game-changing day for them. So let's all pray this out loud. Say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've fallen short, and I ask you to forgive me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sin come into my life and be the Lord of my life. Help me to live the rest of my life as a reflection of your hope and love to others. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a